I'd like to welcome you out to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross, and today I'll be flying solo. And I've decided I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, your personal training sessions. Uh, as things are you know, getting crazy and ammunition is still up in the air, you know, if, it, if you can still get it or when you can get it or how much it is and everything, and everything else that's going on in the world, you might not be able to have the time or the luxury to uh, to come to one of our, our classes. Uh, so you might be limited to just being able to work on yourself maybe for an hour or for a couple of hours instead of taking a day-long or multi-day-long uh, dedicated class. Of course, we'd love for you to come and we want you to come, but knowing how, how the world is and, and how crazy things are, you just might not be able to. So today, I wanted to talk through and give some advice, some pointers on running your own training and you know going out whether it's just you or maybe you and a friend um, things that can help enhance and, and so you can get the most out of it so first there's a lot of stuff that you can do at home we've talked many different times us and and some other of our guests that have been on here about dry fire practice and and what that means and that's not just breaking the trigger that's also doing things like the draw or different uh, ready positions and you know all sorts of things that you can certainly do and I'm not going to dwell too much today on on those things because they're, they're fairly common and maybe uh, yeah, another podcast in the future we can spend a little bit of time talking specifically about things you can do at home or, or other locations what I really want to talk to today is specifically about you going to the range and actually shooting shooting rounds so the most important thing or the, I guess the way to start where to start is to, to have a goal. What do you want to accomplish? Where do you need to improve? What do you want to work on? And decide that beforehand. I can't tell you how many times, especially, shoot, I can't even say that. I was going to say especially prior to me joining the military. But it was, wasn't really until I, I got to, to fifth group. It wasn't really until I became a Green Beret and actually got on a team that I started to get my education and training intelligently and training you know wise wisely um prior to that man for me going to the range was i'm going to get a bunch of ammo i'm going to grab a bunch of guns i'm going to go and and shoot there really was no plan and i've wasted so many rounds i wasted so many hours that really could have been put to much better use and i'm sure we're all guilty of that but as the world has changed as ammunition has become more uh, valuable as, as as things have in this world has become a little bit more serious so has our our attitude ought to to change you know mine certainly has I don't really go anymore to to shoot just just to pull a trigger and fill the recoil and, and, and listen to a bang or listen to you know the sound of of a bullet hitting steel it's still enjoyable don't get me wrong I still enjoy it but I just don't shoot anymore i can't shoot anymore unless i have a plan unless i'm working on something unless i'm trying to accomplish a goal so before you go to the range figure that out now that doesn't mean you need to have this huge uh over you know reaching or this overarching goal of what you want to do um but i mean specific for that day what do you want to work on what do you need to work on and there's nothing wrong with switching it up and changing it up you you honestly should you know, I've learned and I now approach shooting and, and instruction and, and self-improvement like like a professional athlete approaches sports. We are not playing the Super Bowl every day. Um, in fact, we, we rarely play in, in the Super Bowl. Um, we're not even it's not even a game day. We're just talking about practice. So there's no reason to. Put on all your kit and, you know, just shoot at shoot, no shoot targets. Um, what you want to do is you want to approach these sessions when you're going out to yourself um, with what is that goal? What is that, that little thing that, that I want to work on or a series of things that I, that I want to work on? So those professional athletes, again, you know, in, in football, as an example, and practice, they're not always wearing all of their protective gear. They're not wearing, you're not suiting up for the Super Bowl. They might practice on just some specific things, some sprints, some quick, you know, quick snaps, some passes, 
blocking, uh, you know, tackling, whatever. They're, they're focusing on those small things. So then when it is time to scrimmage, okay, now they can start putting everything together. And they will wear all their kit. They will, will wear all, you know, all the protective gear. And then after scrimmaging, again, then what do they do? Oh, okay, now, now it's game day when, you know, things are a little bit more serious. So we should approach, in my opinion, the way I like to approach it, we should approach it that same way, that we're not all kitted up all the time. Um, in fact, we're, we only get kitted up on specific times. Uh, so I want to be as comfortable as possible, and I want to focus on you know those small things, whatever it might be. It could be as simple as working on my trigger, scree- trigger squeeze. It could be as simple as recoil management. It could be as simple as driving the gun to, to multiple targets. It could be any small things, but whatever you need to accomplish, wherever you're weakest or whatever you choose to work on, Decide that beforehand. Set that goal. Okay, I want to improve myself here. I want to work on on this. So whatever it is you want to accomplish, then you need to make a plan. And make sure you make that plan beforehand, uh, not on the on the drive there or not when you show up to the range. Okay, now what do I want to do? That's really not the best time. You do that beforehand. Make that plan. Okay, I want to improve on my, my rhythm drill. Okay, so then as you make that plan... What are you going to, uh, where are you going to go? So am I going to an outdoor range? Am I going to my local indoor range that I'm a you know, member of? Wherever you're going to go now, what are the limitations that will be placed upon me because of the location that I go? If the only place you can go is an indoor range uh, well, that's in, with booths, well, that, that's fine. That's better than not going anywhere else. But some places might limit you to being able to shoot from from the holster, you know, from the draw, or whatever limitations they might be. So again, as part of that plan, where am I going? What can I do? What can't I do? So then after you realize that and you think through that, then what equipment am I going to need? How much time am I going to be there? Am I going to be there? Do I have an hour? Do I have three hours? Do I have all day? How much ammo am I going to need? Or more importantly, how much ammo do I have that I can afford that day to use for training? Maybe it is a box of 50. Maybe it is 500 rounds. Again, all of us are going to be different, and each training session is going to be a little bit different. different. But figure that out beforehand. What do I have? What drills, then, do I want to do? What drills are going that make sense that's going to help me to accomplish the goal that I'm setting? And then as you decide what drills you want to do, and you get that idea, then think about the progression of drills. What makes sense? What makes the most sense? The first drill I'm going to do, followed by the next, followed by the next, followed by the next. And, you know, some people, maybe you've never thought of that, but that's extremely important. And that's one of the things that, that we do with our organized classes is the drills are not that they're set in stone, because those of you who've been to classes know that we're very fluid. And if we need to make an adjustment, if we need to focus on something because the students aren't getting it, hey, well, what we'll at the drop of a hat, go ahead and, and make some adjustments. But one thing that we're very good at is that progression of drills that should make sense. We should start at one place and add on it and add on it and add on it so everything is, is fluid. So then it makes sense. So then at the end of the day, there hasn't been any... Uh, uh, pauses or or hiccups or or things that just doesn't make sense and and slows the individual's progression down you know what i'm going to go ahead and pull up one of our uh pois Uh, so that's points of instruction so that's just another name for you know like the syllabus uh for the class so let me pull one up here on my computer all right okay so this is, I just pulled up randomly, really, our uh, rifle level two class, which is our uh, rifle combat marksmanship class. So as I pulled it up, just to give you guys an idea, and to make sure I don't forget anything, as representing the plan that we've created, um, the first thing at the very beginning is, is, is a safety brief. So that's something that even if it's just you, before you start shooting, that's something you should definitely go over. Okay, what are the, you know, in the class, we always start with what are the full, four standard rules of, of gun safety? You know, treat every gun as if it's loaded. Watch the muzzle. Don't point anything unless you tend to destroy it. Always be sure of your target and what's beyond it. 
and then keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Um, you know, so that's those are just standard things. Again, you don't have to like actually say them out loud, but it's something you know just to quick think about before you go ahead and start your session. What are they? Um, and then start thinking: Do I have the safety equipment that I need? You know, what what's the PPE that that I'm going to need for this class? The personal uh, protective equipment. You know, so that's eye pro, ear pro, um, and and whatnot. So what are some of the, the equipment that you might need? Well, you know, iPro, EarPro, you're going to need that safety uh, equipment. Uh, what else? Well, obviously your firearm, uh, which, uh, whatever kind of firearm it's going to be, and then ammunition. And then targets. What kind of targets? That's something definitely to think about. I, I would much rather you think about that beforehand and think, okay, what targets make the most sense for what I want to accomplish? And then go into the indoor range, like, I don't know, uh, let, me, let me buy some some dots or let me buy some you know some bullseyes or, or, or whatever think about it beforehand what i want to accomplish what target makes the most sense as i'm sure most of you guys know i designed the uh, rtg targets in 2010 yes yeah, 2010 i was deployed i was the senior weapon sergeant for my oda and i got sick and tired of having six seven eight different targets to accomplish everything that we wanted to accomplish as we trained during that deployment and it took up so much space and I just figured there has to be something simpler, there has to be something easier to do. So I designed those targets to be a good uh, jack of all trades and, and they are, they're very good at accomplishing a lot of stuff. It allowed me to, for all my deployments afterwards, it allowed me to pretty much only take a couple uh, stacks of those RTG targets and then maybe one or others. You know, one, maybe one or two others. And that, that was really it. It really saved me space. That also made training that much more fluid and fast as we're going from shooting dots to uh, target recognition or target, target identification, looking at the, the different shapes and different numbers that were in different locations. And then using that silhouette, that human silhouette, then for you know, other drills and other things. So there are definitely other targets that do one thing specific that, that are you know that that specific thing is better than than those targets but i have yet to find a target that is a better uh, jack of all trades so that's one of the reasons why we use them so much in classes then as you know in, in our classes as um as we progress and as we get to some more uh, advanced classes we'll throw different types of targets out there um, that again do specific things better than those ones but as far as a jack of all trades they're, they're just they're good and um if you want them, you can certainly order them. Uh, law enforcement targets or action targets, same company. They're the ones who manufacture them for us, so you can order them cheaper right th um, from them than anything you could getting, you know, getting from us. So again, targets. What targets makes the most sense? Cones. Do I need different distances? Cones are something easy that I can then use to, you know, to measure that distance. Uh, cleaning equipment. Definitely take some cleaning equipment and some other stuff, you know, tools just in case you have a problem or in case you, you do uh, your gun starts to to gum up or whatever with carbon or you know it, it gets dirty or even if you have a malfunction that you need something to fix you know bring that stuff with you and then also medical equipment bring at a minimum some kind of first aid kit or, or IFAC uh, individual first aid kit you know something like that um, you can get that kind of stuff anywhere really anymore and then also if you want again on our website you can go to the med section and then we have a link to uh, focus group they've got plenty of good med kits there that you can purchase from them one of the things I've really enjoyed and I've seen as a cultural shift in the shooting community is when I started professionally teaching a little over 10 years ago I was lucky if a, one student would show up with some kind of medical equipment whether a tourniquet or something simple like that but now it has been such a nice cultural shift to see so many people showing up to classes with IFACs, with med kits, with tourniquets and, and everything. It's, it's very nice that people are starting to become more well-rounded and they're focusing on, on, on some important things. So, so don't you forget that because accidents, uh, you know, you never want them, you never expect them, um, but accidents can and do happen. That's one of the reasons why it's so important to before you shoot review those those safety uh, protocols 
you know, review those four um, firearms, uh, those four rules of firearm safety. And then think about if something bad does happen, especially if you're by yourself at, at a range, what am I going to do? How am I going to act? Think about that beforehand. There's a reason why um, we do pre-jump before every jump that we do. And we go through all the safety procedures, and it's a, it's a big, almost like a ritualistic ceremony that we do while we all stand and talk through and, and do these physically do these actions um, so that we're prepared before we jump. So the last thing we did before we jumped, or soon, you know, before, before we jumped is going through these actions. It's the same thing. That's why if you come to one of our classes, it can be... It could be the Cephalic Flat Range class, which is, you know, five days of good shooting. We still go through that safety brief, and we still hit all those key points every day. That's important. It's important for you to be thinking that way and important for you to review that yourself. So, med equipment. Um, you know, bring something. Even if it's just, well, bring, bring med equipment. There's no even if. It's just, just, just bring it. So now that you have all this equipment... And you've thought about it, and you're starting to build your plan. Let me go back to. Let me go back to. Our POI, okay. So as I was reading through the pre POI, you know the very first thing is that safety brief. With those four rules. And then the emergency procedures. What am I going to do in case something bad happens? How am I going to be able to treat myself? Another thing to consider and think about, especially if you're going to like a club or, or even another indoor range, is think, okay, I might be fine. What am I going to do with this other person who's one booth, two booths next to me, or might be, you know, I might be sharing a range, again, depending on, on the club that you might be going to, or the outdoor range you might be going to, or is in a, in a bay next to me. Um, what am I going to do if, if there's an accident over there? Again, things, you know, think about it. If you think about it beforehand, and that's part of the reason why you plan, if you plan all these things out beforehand, then when something does happen, even if it's something that you didn't consider or something you didn't exactly plan for, because you've already gone through the mental work of, of planning and coming up with some solutions, in that moment, you will be able to better act and, and do something than, than otherwise, instead of just sitting there trying to figure it out on the fly. So the first drills that we do in that class and is a very good way, I believe, to start out a lot of times, whether you're shooting pistol or wh whether you're shooting a rifle, is to go through a warm-up. So the typical warm-up that we do is we shoot a series of rounds uh, single shot. And if it's from a pistol, then you can start from the holster or you can start at position three ID that the target or where you want to shoot, go to full presentation, you have your sight picture, apply pressure, bang, the gun goes off, acquire your second sight picture, reset the trigger, click, then take your finger off, wear out position four, then bring it back to position three, and repeat. Or if you have a rifle, you can start at whatever ready position, depressed muzzle, low ready, high ready, whatever, and then same process, ID the target, bring the gun up, sight picture, apply pressure, bang, second sight picture, reset that trigger, click, and take your finger off, and then take it back to you know whatever ready position while you're manipulating the safety and, and putting it back on, on safe. So when you do single shot, it's one complete cycle like that. It's not just bringing the gun up, so now my sights are on target, and bang, pause for a little bit, bang, pause for a little bit. No, it, it needs to be that, that complete motion. Whether, again, you're shooting pistol, rifle, you're starting that ready position, full presentation or bringing the weapon up and engaging. That way you're, you're building those neural pathways. That way you're getting used to, um, as you're practicing marksmanship, as you're going through the eight principles or the eight fundamentals of shooting, as you're taking those rounds, that way you're doing everything right. And that's one of the problems that I, I, I see a lot of people doing is when it's time to work on marksmanship, when it's time to review those eight principles of shooting, they want to cut corners, they want to blow things off. You know, it's, they almost treat it like, you know, why do 20-minute abs when I can do 18 or I can do 15? You know, they want to keep cutting and cutting and cutting. But that purpose of that warm-up is not to cheat. It's not to cut corners. It's to take the time 
to do those eight principles of shooting, which is stance, grip, or, or mounting the gun, sight alignment, sight picture, breathing control, trigger squeeze, the follow-through, and, and the recovery. So as you do that, that single shot, you're, you're working on all those. And you want to keep going back to the basics. You want to keep going there. Those principles are truths. And the more you understand those truths, the better shooter you're going to be. The more you understand those truths, the better it's going to allow you to adopt new techniques or change your techniques that whatever you might be employing based upon the circumstances. So it's important to go back to those um, so that after you shoot single shot, the next thing you want to do is, is shoot controlled pairs. And again, what's a controlled pair? It's two controlled shots. It's not a double tap. I'm not a fan. We are not fans of, of double tap. And as I understand a double tap, that is one sight picture that I'm squeezing the trigger twice as fast as I can. And that's allowing me to get two good hits pretty close to each other. That is a, a way that you can fake yourself out on a flat range all day long, thinking that you're doing good stuff and you're accomplishing good things. But what that reinforces when you're in a fight is now all the shooting that I've done, I had one sight picture. I never forced, consciously forced my subconscious to pick up that second sight picture. So now after that first round, everything after that is just blind. I'm not using the sights. I'm just pulling the trigger and and hoping that my rounds are impacting. It is so much better for you to take the time to, even if you're used to, and that, that's how you've been trained, is to shoot that, that double tap. It is so, so much more useful for you to understand what a control pair is and shoot that way so you're consciously training your subconscious to pick up that next sight picture. So with the control pairs, again, you want to start at that ready position, whether it's position three or maybe in the holster, or again, if you've got your rifle, high ready, low ready, depressed muzzle, again, whatever. But now as you're looking at that target, you're driving your sights, driving that gun to where your eyes are already locked on. You get that first sight picture, apply pressure, bang, second sight picture, reset that trigger, click, and then you can immediately apply pressure, bang, get that second shot off. Drive the gun back down, acquire your third sight picture, reset that trigger, click, take your finger off, put the weapon on safe as you're moving it back to whatever the ready position is. Again, at first, it might be slow. You might be slow and it might be pretty deliberate, but the more that you do that, the more you're consciously training your subconscious to pick up that second or that next sight picture, the better off you're going to be in the long term and you will be able to shoot rather rapidly but yet, again, under control. A normal human being, nothing uh, a normal adult, not, nothing crazy about them. They're not you know, a genius or anything, but just a normal human being. Our minds can process four aimed shots a second. So that's what the sight picture before and after, four aimed shots a second. Now, consciously, it's kind of hard to, to, to do that, but subconsciously, that's what your mind is capable of. So as you take the time and as you do those controlled pairs, as you are forcing yourself to get a sight picture before and after, you are consciously training your subconscious to pick that up. So then the next drill that we like to do in our warm-ups then is a rhythm drill. And generally, we like to shoot a five-round string. It can vary, uh, especially if you have a pistol and you have limited rounds. Okay, maybe a three-round string, a minimum of three. But five is a good number to shoot. So with this rhythm drill... If we're shooting a five-round string, that means six sight pictures as we're shooting. And the point here is to shoot in a good, steady rhythm. Bang, 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 bang. Almost like a metronome. And this is a good time if you have a pro timer or something else like that. You can see your split times. You want them to be as exact as possible. So you're learning to shoot in that rhythm. That's helping you to learn the feel of your gun, to manage the recoil, forcing that gun back down onto target. And then after you do that for a while in a good steady rhythm, however fast or however slow it might be, if you've got a good shot group, pretty tight, okay, then you know that you can shoot a little bit faster. But again, keeping that rhythm, bang, 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 bang. And if that's tight, great, then you can just increase the speed. So again, that's another good drill, one of our basic ones, one of the ones we like to do um, with our warm-up, 
that you're learning recoil management. You're, you're driving that gun, and then you're also learning how to shoot accurately, but, but rapidly. One of the problems people have with shooting that drill is they focus too much, I think, on the accuracy, and they don't push themselves. That drill is really designed for you to push yourself, to keep going faster and faster and faster as long as you stay at a good steady rhythm. So if you, depending on, on the shape that you're shooting at or, or the, the, the dot that you're shooting at, depending how large it is, um, it's okay to push yourself until you throw one out. Okay, that, I would even say you can go faster, again, depending on the size of the shape and the distance that you're at. And then uh, if you get two out, okay, that's probably about the speed that you need to work at, at whatever you know, that distance or that shape might be. Well, if you start throwing three or four or, or all five of them outside of that shape, okay, good. Now you have pushed yourself until you've got to that fail point. Perfect. That's exactly what you want to do. So now you see where you're at. Now it's time then to start slowing it down a little bit so you can tighten up that, that shock group. And as you slow down, you tighten up that shock group, keep at that pace for a little while, then, and then start stepping on the gas again and, and increasing that pace. So those three drills are excellent as a warm-up. It doesn't matter if it's a pistol, doesn't matter if it's a rifle, great, great drills to, to start. At the same time, it's also necessary for you to, to switch that up sometimes. Um, it's necessary. But if you get in the same pattern of shooting those same drills as, as a warm-up all the time, then it's going to get cold, it's going to get stagnant, and, and you won't be able to progress. So what we like to do is, is after you have progressed to the point where, as we base classes, past the level one and now you're, you're working at the level two or, or higher class, one of the things that we like to do at the beginning of some of the classes is just have a cold start meaning we're not going to start with that warm-up. Instead, we'll have a pretty uh, uh, stressful drill, one that will definitely get your heart rate up, potentially with multiple targets, potentially moving or, or, or doing something so that uh, it's going to demand your complete attention. It's going to demand your accuracy as you will be stressed. And again, there's a lot of ways you can accomplish that stress through physical exertion or, you know, when you're by yourself, push-ups, run, or, or something so that you get that heart rate up and then you have a very hard target or targets uh, to, to shoot. That's, again, really going to push yourself. And it's okay if you do that and, and fail. The point is to see where you're at if you start cold, where you're at if you're you know, on the street and all of a sudden a situation starts to unfold with an active shooter or whatever the case may be. So starting in our level two classes, we start to inter introduce that. And then again, in our more advanced classes, that's something else that we do with that, that cold start with an advanced or, or very stressful drill. So after people experience that and your heart rate's up and it's very, very good, you, you need that, that jump start sometimes. And then we'll go back and we usually, again, not every class, but then we'll, we'll go back and we'll do that, uh, that same progression as a, of a warm-up with a single shot control pair and then rhythm drill. So what are some tools that can help you with training? Um, what are some tips or some things that, that, you, can, that you can do? Um, so an example with, with those drills, with the rhythm drill, single shot control pair, uh, some of the things that you can do that you can control, even if you are in, a, in an indoor range that's, that's very limiting, is you can change the distance. That's the easiest thing for you to do. Okay, I usually shoot this at 5 meters, so now I'm going to go to 7 meters. Now I'm going to go to 10. Now I'm going to go to 15. Now I'm going to go to 20, whatever. You can increase that distance. So the more distance that you create, keeping that same target, then it's going to reveal some of the mistakes that you make. So if you're super close, you're not going to re reveal, you know, okay, all my shots are starting to go off to the left or all going to the right. But now as you start to increase that distance, those things are going to reveal themselves. Another thing that you can do as well is change the size of the, of the shape. So if you're used to working with a six-inch dot, go to a three-inch dot. Uh, if you're used to working with that three-inch dot, Go ahead and get a one-inch square pasty and shoot that. So you can adjust the size of the targets. You can increase the distance. And then at the same time, you can also increase the speed. The more, you know, the faster you attempt to go, the more mistakes and the more it's going to reveal to you, you know, where some of your weaknesses are. So that's definitely something you can do. That's a, a tool you can certainly utilize.
Another thing that can help is a pro timer, especially when you're by yourself. That pro timer, just having it there, knowing that you're on the clock, depending on what the drill is, that's just going to be some good self-induced stress. So the pro timer works. Uh, another good thing is to video yourself or have your phone re record it, whatever. So especially when you're, when you're by yourself, you might think you're doing good. You might think that draw is smooth or, or whatever, or that mag change was, was really good. But then after you record yourself, the video is not going to lie. So that video will reveal your mistakes. It's going to reveal how you weren't as smooth as you thought you were. You're certainly not as graceful as, as, as you felt. Or it could be the opposite could be true. But that, that video is not going to lie. That's a great tool for you to use to film yourself while you're doing a drill or while you're doing you know, something there in the range. Review it so then you can, you can make some corrections. Uh, keep a training log. That is some great advice. So when you're going out to train, right, as we're working through this plan, what am I going to do? Uh, what kind of drills am I going to shoot? What do I want to accomplish? So with this training log, then you can keep... You can keep a record of what you've done, what you've accomplished. Okay, I, I shot a half and half drill, and you know this is how I performed. Um, I did some CTEs, and this is the speed that I accomplished. So you can keep that log. So then you can you can track your progress. Are you making any progress? Are you just staying the same? Have you plateaued? And that's again, that's a very good tool. Otherwise, you're going to forget. So then even though your benefit from going and training and getting reps in, if you don't record what you've accomplished, then you've got nothing to really base any kind of potential prog progress or, or, uh, or failures that you might have. So keep that log. That's something that we have multiple students who have a training log and they bring it within the class. I would highly suggest you to, to do that if, if you haven't before. Bring that log to class. So in it, they don't necessarily keep copious notes, but they'll list the drills or they list some of the things that we worked on. And then at the end of the day, some of them are at the end of the class. Some of them even come up to us and say, hey, can you quick look at this? Is this what we did? Yeah, that's what we did. You're right. Then they, some of them even have asked myself or Chris or some of the other instructors to go ahead and sign it. So there they have a record. This is what I did this day. This is how I performed. And then the instructor signed it. So again, that's good advice for you to, to keep that record. All right, something I just mentioned earlier was CTEs. Those are also very good tools for you to do. So a CTE stands for Critical Task Evaluation. So what that is, is an example, is it's usually done with a pro timer. So it's doing a specific task, doing something like uh, drawing your pistol and getting your first shot off, that's good. And then there's usually a time standard. As an example, uh, drawing your pistol and getting off one shot, um, that's actually a hit. And 1.5 seconds is, is a time standard. Drawing your pistol, then shooting a failure to stop drill, 2.5. Uh, a reload, so that's draw, one round off, goes dry, reload, second round off, uh, four seconds is, is another time standard. So these are very useful tools to evaluate and to practice those very specific skills. But again, drawing and getting single shot, that's, that's not a gunfight. Uh, drawing, shooting once, reloading, getting off a second shot. Again, that's not a gunfight. Too many people will take these CTEs and, you know, the social media is full of them, of people just like blazing away, then like showing the pro timer. And you know what? I, I'm honestly not, not that impressed. I, I really don't care. Um, what that time was or, or how they were doing it and trying to show that off because they're, they're missing the point. The point is in that, okay, if the time hack is for a draw and getting single shot at 1.5 seconds and I got it in 0.9 seconds and then I'm the man, no, you, you did that one little thing and hopefully it was an accurate, accurate hit. Um, but that's just, that's just like, you know, going back to the professional sports analogy, all these things are, okay, I'm, I'm going to, practice practice getting a hit or i'm going to practice you know throwing the football or i'm going to practice you know those quick catches or you know that's all it is just isolating one little thing yeah great work on it try to get to that that time hack time try to get to that that standard that's good 
But that's not the end-all, be-all. That is not a gunfight. That's just one little thing. And again, the social media is filled with people who will do a CTE, and then you know they'll act like that's that's the big accomplishment. No, that's that's just a tool. It's a good, useful tool, but that's not the point of, of training, and that's not what we're training for to beat these CTEs. Uh, what's another? Uh, couple time standards here 10 round mag dump again the pistol three seconds uh, now you go to the rifle single shot from the low ready and that's the low ready not not the depressed muzzle and there is a difference uh, at 10 meters you know to get a good good hit 0.75 seconds uh, f- again from ready position three rounds get them off it's 1.5 seconds uh, failure to stop two seconds uh, transition from your, your carbine, so bring the, or your rifle, bring it up one shot, goes dry, transition to your pistol, one shot, two and a half seconds, and then reloading your rifle. You know, one round, drop the mag, reload, uh, second round, uh, four seconds. Again, these are just a way to evaluate your, yourself. So I just went through some of those and threw out some, some time hacks. Depending on the unit or the organization with, these time hacks are, are kind of slow, and uh, they can be faster. One a good way, and again, this goes back to what I just said about that, that log is, is try some of these things with a pro timer time yourself okay i just try drawing pushing out get one round off bang all right it's three seconds okay that's great i you, who cares about anybody else that was the time you just made three you can record that okay what do you want to do i want to try to work to get a little bit faster great work until you get it to two you know and always be striving to improve yourself that's more important working to improve working to uh, to be better like the, i think i mentioned it a couple podcasts back that that old cheesy saying but it is a truth better today than yesterday better tomorrow than today so those that's why those cts exist for you to you know those critical task evaluations i need to do this need to draw need a mag change and just to see where you're at but again that's not the end all be all and we use those as a as an evaluation in some of the classes we do in the more advanced ones um, but again that's it's not the primary focus so it's i'm almost hesitant to throw them out there because they are a very useful tool but as i've said now this is probably the third or fourth time on you know on this podcast too many people take these it's all over social media and you know you, you see the guy blazing away it's not showing his target so who knows where the hits are at and you see him reload and blaze away again yeah whatever they're, they're missing the point. So again, those are some useful tools. So now I'll keep going through part of that plan for the combat, the rifle combat marksmanship class. So we did, you know, single shot control pair, rhythm drill. Then the next drill that we get into or that we do usually is the half and half drill. Love this drill. This drill is so great to evaluate you as a shooter if you're following the eight principles, if you're managing the recoil, if you're driving that gun, if you're actually getting a sight picture after each each shot, it just reveals so much there. It is, it, it's awesome. So there are some drills, and I'm using this as an example, that I believe and that you should keep the same. So it sets a standard, and so then that will allow you to evaluate yourself. There's plenty of other drills that we might present in class that might be presented to you um, in a different you know, training environment or maybe so on YouTube, and then feel free to, to tweak, play with, adjust, and make it your own. There's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. You, you're only limited by your imagination. But some specific drills like the half and half, I like to keep the exact same. That way, if you take a class from us today, then you can compare yourself against the same time standards and the same um, – distances three months from now you can go come back to a class with us four years from now and then we'll do that exact same thing so it's a because of this type of a drill it really allows you to you know this diagnostic test to see where you're at and and where you've progressed so quickly for rifle for the rhythm drill you want three 10 round mags not so i'm sorry not for the rhythm drill for the half and half you want three uh, 10 round mags and for the rifle you start at 20 meters and we use the rtg targets and we use those shapes which are roughly about uh, maybe the equivalent of like a seven uh, inch 
uh, dot or circle. But of course, as you know, or if you don't know, we have circles, triangles, and, and squares on there. So with for rifle, you first 10 rounds, you shoot at 20 meters, and the time hack is 10 seconds. And then you half the distance. So now you're shooting at 10 meters. You're still shooting 10 rounds, but now you've also half the time. So now you're shooting it in five seconds. And then you half the distance in the time again. So now you're at the five meter mark. And then you're shooting those last 10 rounds in two and a half seconds. So again, I mentioned that normal human mind, we can process four aim shots a second. So this drill is pushing you and pushing you, pushing you. So at the very end, when you're shooting 10 rounds in two and a half seconds, you are physically doing what your mind can, your subconscious mind can, can already do and process. When I was first exposed to this drill, it was at uh, Sephardic at, at Fort Bragg. And it blew me away. Just such a good drill. So then... The version for the pistol really the distances are just cut in half so for the 10 rounds now you're at the 10 meter mark 10 seconds and then you cut that in half so then for the second 10 rounds you're at five meters with five seconds and then you cut the time again and for the last 10 rounds you're two and a half meters away in, in two and a half seconds and, and again just a great great drill one of those diagnostic drills that we don't want to change and we have students i have students now who've taking classes to me shoot some going on 10 years and i encouraged them then to go ahead and and take a picture with their phone at the conclusion of that drill so then as they've been trained and as they've been coming to classes you know again and again and again now they have multiple years of those pictures so they can evaluate and and really demonstrate to themselves oh i am progressing my groups are certainly a heck of a lot tighter now than what they were last year or five years ago that's a really really good drill so from there, some of the things that we like to progress to then is, is target ID, uh, target recognition. So with, again, the, with those targets, with the different shapes that are different colors and the different numbers, it's really good for you to, you know, to, to not know and to identify and push out. So how can you do that by yourself? There's all kinds of different ways that you can do that. Um, I know some people who've recorded a couple different uh, um, sequences on their phone so then they've hit play and they themselves, you know, they're not sure which sequence comes up. So they hit play and then they'll get the prompt red square. Where's the red square? There it is. And go ahead and engage it. And again, that, that's a, a good drill, forcing yourself to identify the target and then drive, drive that gun to that target and, and engage it. How many rounds? It, it doesn't matter. One round, two round, five rounds. Again, that's all up to you, whatever it is you want to do. So again, I'll go back that there are some specific drills like the single shot control pair, rhythm drill, and then half and half that you know you want to keep them pretty consistent but then there's all kinds of drills after that you know do do whatever you want to do uh change them however you want to change them you're only limited by your imagination as long as it you know makes sense as long as it's working towards accomplishing that goal whatever that goal might be trigger manipulation accuracy uh managing the recoil whatever working from the draw working from concealment uh, any of those things it's it doesn't really matter. You come up with that plan, and then you make sure those those drills are your work that you put in. It makes sense in, in its progression as you get there. Then at the end of your session, if one of the things you are concerned with or one of the things you want to work on is, is putting on kit and, and doing those things, that's that's perfect. That That's the time to do it. Uh, I would suggest not doing everything from the beginning. I would much rather, and I think it's much wiser, to focus on small things first to make sure that, that you can do it. I know what right feels like. I am getting hits when I'm doing single shot or control pair or, or whatever the drills. Maybe it's target ID. Okay, I am getting hits where I want to. So now I know I can physically do that. Then go ahead, put the armor on, uh, put on all the, all the other kit, and then do those same drills or, or do, you know, more advanced ones if you'd like. Um, that's definitely the time and place uh, to do that. I'm not at all adverse to wearing kit, wearing body armor. Heavens knows that I I've certainly have, have done plenty of range days and, you know, my share of doing exactly that. My point earlier is just, you know, be wise about it. You don't need to do that all the time. And if you do, you're actually then you're uh, losing out on the opportunity to help reinforce and fine-tune uh, th those core principles um, 
by being comfortable. If you go, if you know, you watch us as we shoot, us being, uh, you know, Green Berets on a team, we'll almost always start with slick. So, you know, no kit, no nothing, maybe with a ball cap on, eye pro, ear pro, and do some shooting. And then we'll start throwing on the kit. And then we'll start, you know, doing other things. And I would suggest that's, that's you know, a good way to, to do that. I, I remember now it was at New Holland. And uh, I was a member at the New Holland range for a while. For members, that's one of the, the best ranges in, in this area. Um, I think they still have like a waiting list that's probably years long, but they, at the time, I don't know if they still offer, but at the time they had a couple of all purpose ranges that as long as the range is free, you can do whatever you want. So I was up there for, for something. I wasn't setting up for a class. Maybe I was going to a club meeting, but anyways, and I looked and there's this guy and the guy was full battle rattle. He had body armor, helmet, all kinds of stuff on. And I don't know exactly what he was doing and trying to accomplish other than he's certainly giving himself a good workout because he, uh, I saw him standing. So he shot, he went down to a knee, he shot, then he went prone and he shot, then he rolled to the left and he shot prone. Then he got to his knee and shot, then he stood and shot. And then he did the same thing, got back to his knee, down prone, rolled the other direction. And so he was, you know, rolling around with all his kit on and, you know, good for him. That's a good way to shake out and, and, and test that, that kit. So there certainly is a time and a place. And like I, I use the example of professional sports, you do have to scrimmage sometime. You do need to put everything together sometime to prepare for, for that game. So there, again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just do it so that it makes sense, that good, that good progression. So now that you've had that range day, whether it's an hour or you spent all day out there, now that you're concluding, some of the things that you need to do, of course, is, you know, pick up your brass but whatever but make sure that you gather all your equipment and then it, it's time for wet weapons maintenance whether you do it there at the range if you can or you get home you need to do weapons maintenance go through and clean and scrub down you know that firearm whatever it might be check the magazines that you use check them for wear and tear compare the, the mags to to each other to see if feed lips or something is, is a little you know one might be different than the other that's one of the best ways is to do that comparison but definitely take the time to, to clean that firearm uh, i've ran a couple of firearms purposely got them dirty and kept running and running running without cleaning them to, to see where they'd fail okay there, there's something for that but if this is one of your normal firearms especially if it's like a pistol that that you carry take the time and clean that thing take the time to make sure that that it's still in good working order that you didn't damage anything that there's no undue wear on springs you know do all of that maintenance i have been extremely surprised at some of the conditions of firearms that, that come to our classes where individuals clearly have not cleaned their weapons in, in a while a weapon should not be in one of our classes and then after the second drill start to have malfunctions or, you know, because it's dry, because there's so much carbon built up. So at the conclusion of that session, go ahead and do weapons maintenance. Now, you don't have to completely take everything apart necessarily and put it in a some kind of sauna cleaner or whatever. Uh, it might be just as simple as wiping it down with a rag, getting some of the major carbon off, and then and calling it good. Um, if you look at my weapons, they're not spotless, but at the same time, they're not filthy, and, and they work, and, and they'll function. And that's really you know, what, you, what you want. Make sure that weapon will function, because you never know when you, you might be called upon to use it. And that might seem like a cliche, but as you know, listening to this podcast, if it can happen to my family... It can certainly happen to your family. So that's that's what you want to do. So now that the weapon's done uh, and weapon's cleaned, everything's put away where it should be, then that'd be the time to, to finalize that log. And then now that you have started from the beginning with what goal do I want, what's the plan, what's the equipment, what kind of drills am I going to use, what kind of drills am I going to do, and then you've done those drills you see your successes, you've pushed yourself till you've failed, session's over, I've cleaned my, my weapons, everything's put away, now it's time to think and, and do that after action review, the AAR. Okay, how well did I do? Where did I fail? Where do I need work on next time? Where would I really have those successes? And then that, that log, that training log is a great place to record all that stuff. So the next time you go train, you can use that as a reference. Okay, I really, 
I really screwed up. I really wasn't as fast or as smooth as I needed to be. I'm really having a problem here. So then now you've got a good idea of your, of your goals and what you need to base your plan around for the next time that you go out to that range. So this podcast, you know, is pretty quick. Uh, it's coming in just under an hour. And again, it was just good information that I've learned and that we utilize when we go out and we teach and when we train. We go out with a plan. We have the POI, the points of instruction, everything that we want to cover. And I hope as you listen to this that it gave you some good ideas, it gave you some good pointers, so that the next time you go, you can make the most or better use of your time. Long, we're long past the days when ammo was super cheap. We could just go there and we're not really accomplishing anything other than making a lot of noise, feeling some recoil, and you know, putting holes somewhere, uh, maybe in paper, uh, maybe not. So when you train, when you go out there, go out there with a plan, be intelligent about it. And that's what I want. That's my, my drive is for you to be able to, to do that kind of improvement. So again, better today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. You know, I want you to be well-rounded. I want you to truly be that light fighter and to you know, be wise, be smart about your training and about life. Well, thank you for, the, for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next time. You guys stay safe out there. Bye. The perfect blossom is a rare thing. You could spend your life looking for one, and it would not be a wasted life.